0: You can't travel and you can't stay long-term, it's kind of like worst of all worlds.
1: Hello and welcome to a Sideways Life podcast. This is episode 70. I'm Al. I'm Leanne. And hello, welcome back. Hi. Well, <laughs> I suppose we're saying welcome back to us, really, aren't we?
0: Welcome back, Al.
1: <laughs> welcome back, Leanne, even though I've seen you every day for the last four weeks. and um, <laughs> But you haven't seen us, listener. We haven't heard us. Because... But why have we not been around, Liam?
0: Well, if you listened to our last episode, you'll know that we ran away from home for a few weeks and learned some stuff. And since then, we have basically moved in a Mm. nutshell. We left our lovely house in Istria um, early, thankfully, because the new tenants, hi, Kat and Dave, uh, can move in sooner. So we packed up our life and hot-footed it to split, but more on that in a little bit.
1: Hmm. So just to give you an idea of the format of today's uh, episode, so if you have, if you're regular listeners, you remember back in episodes 65, 66 and 67, it was kind of like a mini-series where we we asked the three important questions you need to ask before you uh, take the step to live and work abroad. And just to refresh your memory, or if you have not listened to them, then maybe go back and listen They are chunky episodes, they're all maybe about sort of 45 minutes to an hour each, um, but we think they're really foundational to your journey. And, I, and the first question was, um, why do you want to live and work abroad? Um, and that is episode 65. Then the second question was, Leanne.
0: How are you going to sustain your life abroad?
1: That's episode 66. And finally, we go to the where which is episode 67, where do you want to live ab- abroad? And most people, who, and us included, start off by saying, where do you want to live? Oh, I want to live in Spain, I want to live in Costa Rica, I want to live in um, uh, Bansko in, in Bulgaria. Um, you know, that's they start with the where. And that, we think, is the kind of like the final piece of the puzzle. Why do we think mm. that?
0: Because the where bit is kind of irrelevant if you don't understand... If you're not emotionally and psychologically in a place where you can you can move confidently and effectively, you can as we said, if you listen back, if you're ready to take that red pill, you better be ready. Um and then the hair, well, if you can't figure out a way to sustain yourself, then you're just going on a long holiday, right?
1: That's a really good point. There is a difference between like there's there's kind of like three stages of living and working abroad. There's a long holiday or a gap year or something, which is just there's no reasonable expectation that you're going to be staying away. Then there is nomading, where there's an expectation you'll stay away for a while, but there's nowhere in particular you're thinking of staying. And then there's expat, where or expattery as we like to call it, um, where you will go, right, I'm going to this one place and this is where I'm going to make my life for the next X number of years. Yes. So, But we kind of... I suppose the first part of that, the, um, uh, the what was the word I used? A gap year. <laughs> <laughs> the first part of that is we're not really dealing with that because that's sort of more of a, a longer, as Leanne said, a longer holiday. Um, and so we can't really help with that because we've not really done much of it, have we?
0: No, no. And there's plenty of other folks out there that I'm sure will talk about that type of stuff much much better than us
1: absolutely so we're talking about the types two and three which is someone who wants to be a nomad that's someone who just moves around either weekly monthly sometimes even yearly annually Um, and expats someone who's decided that they want to live and work abroad for in one place for a substantial period of time now what we're going to do with today is we're going to use our own roadmap now we have created a roadmap we've not thought of a fancy name of it yet but by the time you look at it which is a sidewayslife.com forward slash roadmap. We may have come up with a fancy name for it. Um, but the idea is that it goes through these three things. They say, first of all, um, why do you want to move, live and work abroad? Secondly, how are you going to make it sustainable? How are you going to, How is your everyday life going to look? And then finally, where are you going to live? Each one of these three stages has three questions, which gives us nine questions in total. And we are going to go through those and tell you our honest answers to each one of those nine so you can see how the roadmap would help. Yes,
0: and I think just to expand on that a little bit, is this roadmap we've developed to try and help people who are looking to to live and work abroad um, over the the coming year, months, years. um, Because we get lots of questions from our listeners, which is great about very different things, either general or specific. Um, And then we also mentioned a few episodes ago that we want to do some kind of challenge, some kind of way to engage people who are listening that aren't yet living and working abroad, just to see if we can help a little bit. Um, So that's where this roadmap has come from. And we have developed it with the help of some of our lovely listeners who have been in touch. So thank you to you. You know who you are.
1: And so the context of why we're going through this for ourselves now, you might think, well, you are living and working abroad. Yes, we are. But our tenancy ended in Istria. Um, and so now we have got, we have to be out of Croatia in about a, a month's time. Our visa ends, very sad. Um, so we're kind of like, well, okay, well, where do we want to live? Um, and we've been talking very much like where. So Portugal's one option. Um, going back to Croatia is another option. There's a potential option on the table of a Spanish digital nomad visa, though we don't know how that's going to work.
0: Yeah, or nomading again. I think what's. Yeah, I think, you know, we we went from nomading to being in one place for a year. And now we're trying to figure out, well, if, if we are going to go from nomad to expat, how do we do that? What do we need to think about? What's our why? What's our how? What's our where? So we can test this on ourselves before we even try and test it on you, because that would be irresponsible, really, wouldn't it?
1: <laughs> and we've, we've not actually done this properly. Um, so this is literally a live version yeah. of it. Um, so, the first three questions. Stage one, why do you want to live and work abroad? So, the three questions we think that you should ask yourself are why is it not good now? So, what, what, why is it that you don't want to stay where you are? Where will it be different or how will it be different? And why can't you have what you want now? That all sound good?
0: It does sound good. So, to give you kind of a bit more context of how we're going to apply this to ourselves. Currently, we believe that Croatia or potentially Portugal are the two top places we need to, we should consider or rule out. Um, So I guess we'll do this from a perspective of kind of Croatia, moving from Croatia going to Portugal in a few weeks' time and just answer these questions, much like we were living in our home country and deciding to move to Portugal. Because uh, we've been here for a year, so it's it's a stable situation we've been in and we're about to become unstable.
1: Yes, because there is an option of uh, potentially renewing our Nomad visa. Um, so we have to leave the country for three months, then we come back under a tourist visa and then we can renew our visa for another year. So really, it's almost like this is our home, and so this is where you're sitting right now, listener, and, you, and you're and you thinking of you want to move somewhere else. And Portugal's like kind of like, oh, that's what we think we want to move to. Mm-hmm. So if we've got those ground rules out of the way. Yes. Shall we start with the first question on stage one? Why is it not good now?
0: So why is Croatia not mm. good now? Mm. Well, I think I would like to just narrow that down in a little bit and say why is is Istria, or was Istria not good now? Mm. Loved Istria, and I think this is a key thing in your why. If you're, and we've said this before in the episode, go back and listen, if you're running away from something you're completely unhappy with, there's gonna be other things to sort out there. So in terms of why has it got good now, it is good. Istria is good, but there were just little things that were missing for both of us that we didn't quite realize until we ran away from home. And I think that was just that we were, you know, we do own our own business. We we are self-employed. We have to we have to have a little bit of hustle in our lives. And Croatia, as beautiful as it is, most of the people that we met there are retired, no longer working, or or have kind of passive incomes or or, or less intensive businesses, um, which was great. Um, but you know, as our friend, um, our friends, Duncan Lawrence said, they were like, we were chatting to them before we moved. They were like, yeah, the issue is we're going to phone you on Wednesday afternoon and see if you want to go for lunch. And I was like, no, the issue is we're going to say yes. (laughs) So it's, I guess it's just finding somewhere that's got a little bit more in terms of a, a vibe of kind of business doing stuff, opportunities, networking, that type of stuff. And so in history, it is good and it was good. But I felt it was missing that. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think totally agree. I think the the temptation was always because we lived in this beautiful countryside in a very sleepy little village that had got six thousand people in it um, in in the winter, and then the summer goes to like thirty thousand uh, when all the tourists come. Um, it was it was far too easy to get, and it was sunny, far too easy to, to at three o'clock in the afternoon just go. Should we have a beer in the garden? And you know, it's just it, we just felt that it was just there wasn't that much structure and also the people it's Jim Rohn I think who says you are the sum of the five people you spend most time with um, and obviously at the I spend most time with each other but all the other people we spent most time with were retired so they'd be like oh I'm going to go off and get my bike today and go for a bike ride and you know someone else oh I will." you know I'm going to go for lunch and whatever whereas when we went to Dubrovnik um, we met up with a lovely lady called Barbara if you are ever considering getting a visa in Croatia you need to speak to Barbara Adriatic Sea Change yeah that's right Google it or email us or Instagram us and we'll put you in touch. Um, And she had a little meetup. And there was only like maybe eight people there. But it was, we just felt so energized because each one of them had their own thing going on, their own hustle going on. And we came away from that. We were like, and to be fair, we didn't really, you know, we weren't going to go because something else happened. And and neither of us were like, and both of us quite introverted. a bit like, oh, do we have to go and meet new people? Um, But when we got there and we went back, we were just like, Energized because Mm -hmm. they were doing things, and they were kind of similar to our age. Well, not well, Liane's age, not mine. I'm a bit older, Um, and I just felt that that was so. Why is it? Why is it not good now in Istria? To summarise, is that the buzz? Am I I right saying? I'm I'm trying not to put stuff in your uh, words Mm -hmm. in your mouth, (laughs) stuff in your mouth. Like, what are you trying to put (laughs) away? But Istria, why was it not good now? Is that we didn't necessarily have. The buzz, we didn't have the, the network of people mm-hmm. who were working um, and it was just perhaps a little too sleepy at the wrong stage of our life. 10 years down the line.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's the thing. It's just, it's right now, isn't it? It's not ever. It's just right now. That like, seemed to be a bit lacking. And, in, and then it kind of broadening that out to Croatia as a whole, why is it not good now? The visa situation ain't great. Like there isn't really a viable long-term option for us to stay in Croatia to get permanent residency now thanks to Brexit Um, and we looked every what way um, from legal loopholes to slight dodginess which just isn't isn't cool not gonna work Um, which means that we're stuck on the nomad visa for now that might change Mm -hmm. but for now we are faced with the reality that we can spend about 15 months at a time in Croatia and then have to leave for three months and come back so in terms of setting up a permanent base not great and then the other downside of it as well even if you looked at it's like well just nomad i'll use it as a you know a base for the region well no because you can only have 30 days outside of Croatia on the nomad visa Mm. so it's massively restricting on that as well you can't travel and you can't stay long term it's kind of like well it's worst of all worlds
1: absolutely okay so now we've covered off that answer covered off who am i Let's circle back and and kind of pin in that one. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the answer to the question why is it not good now in Istria? So the question, next question would be, and it's got two parts to this because we're currently sitting in Split in a little apartment in Split. Um, Lovely apartment, but it is like I think our house was 3,000 square feet. This might be 400 um, pushing it. Um, One bed apartment um, sitting at the kitchen table as opposed to our podcast studio. so, we've got two parts to this. We've got, how will it be different in A, in splitting Croatia, if we did come back to Croatia, but predominantly we're going to concentrate on how it would be different in Portugal. So, Leanne, you've identified the problems with where we are in Istria. What would mm-hmm. happen if, how will it be different if we moved to Portugal?
0: Well, I think in terms of people who work online, who are potentially nomads or expats, there is a high concentration of those types of people in Portugal. Portugal is a well-established, as you, I'm sure you will know, for many years for both nomads and expats. It's got great visa options, which enables that. It's a tax-friendly situation that enables that. So we know there is a higher concentration of like-minded people, business owners, entrepreneurs, even just people working in a corporate job. There is a higher concentration of those in Portugal, so it's more likely we're going to meet more like-minded people at a similar stage of their life and business.
1: Absolutely. Weather is kind of, and we'll come on to this more in in, in the future, but you know, a little bit later on. But weather's sort of similar. We do a sort of a top trumps of um, top temperature, lowest temperature. Not a massive difference. So in terms of that, how will it be different? Um, it's not much in terms of the weather. Um, the other thing is that how will it be different is that the language. Um, we are... Semi—I wouldn't say fluent—but we we know Spanish.
0: We can get by. We
1: can get by in Spanish and Portuguese, although it's surprisingly different. It is still based on the romantic sort of root language, whereas Croatian, Croatian and Croat is based on Slavic, so it is a totally different language root. So we find that we think we might be easier to pick up the language in Portugal.
0: Yeah, and we spoke to people as well who have who have spoken Spanish and then learnt Portuguese and found it. Easier, they seem to have, they felt like they had a bit of a head start on it. Um, so yeah, so that, that will be different. And I think the, the main thing that will be different is the visa situation. Mm-hmm. We will be able to have complete flexibility to apply for temporary residency. After five years, we can apply for permanent residency. In those five years leading up to that, you have to spend uh, at least six months Um, in Portugal, I think that's six months continuously, isn't it? Or if you hop in and out, it needs to equate to eight months. Um, So you've still got that flexibility of travel. For us as third country nationals, it gives us Schengen residency, which then makes traveling in Schengen a whole lot easier. Um, So it it gives us options to either travel or to put down routes, which Croatia doesn't give us right now.
1: Absolutely. Croatia, we are literally... You know, we're we're literally tourists who've got a who've got a a year long visa to 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 live. We've got no rights. It doesn't help us. Although Croatia will be moving into well, is likely to move into the Schengen zone uh, late next year. So we will talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah, it just how will it be different? I think it sums up the fact that it'll be more stable because we don't have to leave Portugal every year for three months, whereas if we stayed in Croatia, we'd have to do that.
0: Exactly, yes. Yeah. So then it, that throws into all other sorts of things as well, doesn't it, in terms of having a long-term rental or even looking to buy somewhere as an option or even just knowing that you don't have to kind of move your entire life every 15 months, which doesn't sound that frequent, but can you imagine if you, if you had to do that and you, you had your dream set up and we know people who, who have lived in Croatia for a long time and now are faced with that situation. So it's not, it's not ideal. It's workable, yes, but it's not ideal. Um, so Portugal is attractive for that reason because that is what's different.
1: So this is, we might have touched on some of this already, but why can't you have what Portugal offers where you are right now?
0: But I think in, in terms of visa situations, there's not a lot that we can do about that. We've done what we can in terms of, you know, for with Barbara, we've we've sent letters to people in the government asking for back to back renewals on the nomad visa or some kind of route to residency. Um, but you know, ultimately, as I said, we we don't have rights here. We can we can advocate for it and and, you know, support the right people who do have the power. But beyond that, we're kind of limited on what we can do right now to change it. Um, I think in terms of why I can't we have, the other things we talked about, you know, kind of visa aside, um, is why we've moved to split to exactly answer that question. Um, so we said, it's is a bit sleepy. We couldn't really find the right network of, of people or even just a balanced network of people who had amazing friends, don't get me wrong, and we're going to miss them so much. Um, but just that work kind of more aspect of, the people we met so we have come to Split which is kind of the hub of nomads in in Croatia Um, it's the second largest city after the capital Zagreb uh, Zagreb. Um, so if we're gonna find those people we should be able to find them in Croatia in Split.
1: I think the beauty of this question is that it's saying why can't you have what you have now stops you from thinking oh it's gonna be so good living on a beach um, you know, and living like ten minutes from the beach and stand up paddleboarding. Not that we ever do anything like that. Um, but, <clears throat> but I think what's interesting is it's asking you: Is there a way you can have what you want now? Mm-hmm. And that then means that, for example, um, when I'm I'm saying when I'm assuming that it will happen that Croatia joins Schengen, then they can be less strict about their borders. Because at the moment, they're almost like on probation for Schengen. They have to prove that they can protect the Schengen area because they're right on the very edge. Uh, They border uh, Hungary's Schengen, isn't it?
0: Yes, yeah, but they also also border border, Serbia and... Bosnia. Bosnia. Um, And Montenegro.
1: Oh yes, and Montenegro. So they are—they're basically the the first line of defence for Schengen. So they have to prove themselves. So they're on probation. Um, now, what hap- what might happen is that once they become Schengen, they relax these um, these rules for the nomad and go. Yes, of course you can back to back. We just had to, we just had to show the Schengen guys that we were actually protecting our borders. So that it, it kind of makes you go rather than thinking, oh, it's going to be so much better in Portugal. You go actually, if I had the same opportunities, the same visa that Portugal has, would I stay here? And if you're sitting in um, the States right now and you're thinking, right, okay, I want to live in, let's use Portugal example, then you've got to think, right, okay, well, what happens if I had the same things that Portugal comes to offer in the States? And you might be somewhere in, I don't know, Midwest, and you go, well, actually, what happens if I did move down to to California? Would I have coastal? Would I have whatever, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing, isn't it, is we should... Let's say that we ju- we just thought no we can't we can't have any of this in Croatia and they're never going to change the visa visa system and and Portugal is where it's got the highest concentration of nomads so that's where we're going to go and then the visa situation did change we'd be like well Istria didn't tick all of our boxes but it came pretty close mm. and then we didn't try anywhere else and this is what this whole experiment is about these next five weeks is to go well if the visa rules did change does Split tick more of our boxes.
1: That's a really good point, actually. The reason we're in Split now for fi- for the last five weeks of our visa, rather than living in out which we did rent our house up until when the visa expired, rather than doing that, we came to Split because exactly is question number three. We're going, well, Split has got more of what we want in Portugal, mm-hmm. but not everything. So it's got we've got to be fair. Even if it's even if we're living in an apartment as opposed to a lovely house with a huge garden, you know, we want we want to test that. Excuse me. I think that's why that's why these three questions are great. So I'll just go through those again. So this so we've just answered the stage one why. Why do you want to live and work abroad? Number one, why is it not good now where you live? How will it be different when you live and work abroad? And why can't you have what you want where you live right now?
0: Leanne? <laughs> yes. Love summarise beautifully. Like.
1: Right, okay. So stay anything else to say before we move on to stage two? Okay, so stage two should be relatively easy for us because we've already done it. But we'll still go through as if we were, you know, we'll answer all the questions properly. So the stage two is how are you going to work and live abroad? Have I said that? Live and work abroad. How are you going to live and work abroad? Question number one, work. I suppose really what we're talking about is money. Because the question, you don't, we might love work, but ultimately we do work because we need money. So how are we going to earn money?
0: Yes, and I think when we talked about this episode um, a few weeks ago, it kind of came down to you get a gig, you get a job, or you have a business. Um, Otherwise, you have automated income, in which case, you know, that's nice, good for you. Um, But otherwise, yeah, it's it's a gig, it's a job, or it's a business. Um, We've done all of them between us. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had a job, I've had a gig, and now we have a business. Um, And you've had business all the way through. So um, for us, it's just making sure that we it's sustainable. So the time zone, is that friendly? Yes, because the majority of our clients are in the UK. So being on a somewhere on European time zone is fine. Um, I guess in terms of their view, do we need to think about that? Maybe they might have a more favorable view of Portugal versus Croatia potentially. But then at the same time, the types of clients and businesses we work with, they're very progressive, they're owner led. I don't think it'd be that bigger thing um and then it comes down to finding new clients well thank you thanks to the pandemic you know working remotely and connecting with people remotely and delivering services remotely is now very normal um so I, I think the only thing might be is if we, if we did have a client who wanted us to be on the ground and that's more than likely going to be in the UK. Well, the issue with, again, Croatia is that we're only allowed to be out for 30 days. So we don't have much flexibility. When you then kind of build in the time that you want to go and see friends and family at some point during the year, that doesn't give you that flexibility. Whereas Portugal actually does because you can be out for six months. So maybe Portugal is a bit more more friendly for... For that type of thing what do you think
1: yeah i totally agree i think you've got to you've got to you've got to be really realistic about this and we've said before that if your aim is to move abroad and start a business particularly if you say right i'm going to go to portugal and i'm going to start a travel agency for people in the uk who have dogs and want to live in portugal that's a fucking big ask <laughs> because you're now completely upturning your life with no friends, no support network. And then you're also starting a business, two, two of like the most awful things you can do in your life. Um, and we've we've done both of those. We've started businesses. I've started like four businesses, uh, three of which didn't go well. Um, and so I can tell you from experience, it's not a great experience. You tend to be working very long, it's very stressful. Um, and if it's just you sitting in a room, it's not a great way to start. So um, you need to make sure you think, how will I earn money? and to be honest, the sort of the progression usually goes is if you can the most the best one is a job. If you can keep your current job and uh, continue uh, and and continue with that, great. If you're already doing gigs at the moment, when I say gigs, we're talking about freelancer. So you might be doing sort of, let's say you're a freelance graphic designer. So you might do a job for for client A in on in week one and a job for client B in week two, et cetera, et cetera. And then if you already have a business, great. But that tends to be the most logical, I think, is that if you currently have a job, then start, try and get your job. Let's try and do your job remotely. And if you can't, then go for a gig. And then once you've done a few gigs under your got a few gigs under your belt, then if you want to start a business, great. But you can, can always fall back on your gig.
0: Yeah, and as I said, we talked about that a lot. A few episodes ago, so go back in and listen. But in terms of kind of applying the the framework out, do you see any other issues for us in terms of how will how will work Croatia versus Portugal? No. Okay, great. <laughs> do you want to the next question?
1: I don't because I think we're just going to be doing the same thing, and we've both got gigs we can fall back on. If we have to. So I think that answers that question. Are you, you happy with that?
0: Yeah.
1: Cool. Question number two. How we cope with everyday life. So that's things like hobbies. Things like um, the lifestyle. Um, just basically. Hobbies are a big one. Because hobbies need things. Usually. Mm-hmm. Um, we, need, we cart around an entire bag full of our podcasting kit. Um, so how are you going to cope with everyday life? What do, what do you think the everyday life is going to be like in Portugal compared to Croatia?
0: Hmm. I think the, the, the answer is I don't know, which is why we're going to go to Portugal and, and see. Um, basing it on our experiences in Spain, I think it will just be a slight shift in our day um, because the siesta thing was real in Spain. I'm not sure if it mm. is in Portugal, but if it is, then it, you know, our working hours will will change a little bit um, and therefore our spare time will change a little bit. But in terms of hobbies, as you say, we've already figured out how to take all of the stuff we need to do our hobbies with us and take it with us. Um, in terms of other hobbies, I don't see any massive difference between doing them in Croatia versus Portugal, to be honest.
1: No, and I think you're right. The everyday life is bit more laid back on the iberian peninsula so um you know if if you if you love if you if you get really angry that at 901 your trades tradesperson hasn't turned up and they said they'd be there at nine then maybe Germany's more of a place for you um, than portugal uh, but this these sort of things you need to think about how what's your everyday life going to be like across there and can you cope with it and i think that we would say yes we absolutely could
0: <clears throat> yeah we think we can but we're gonna we're gonna go see we're gonna go find out
1: Cool. Okay. So the third question that we ask in this stage two, how are you going to live and work abroad, is how are you going to find friends? And there's a sub part of this is like, how are you going to keep connection with existing friends and family?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of finding friends, it is, it is difficult. And I think if you look at any kind of Social media account, or podcast, or YouTube channel. One of the main challenges that, that will always come up for expats or nomads is meeting people, particularly for nomads if you're moving around quite frequently. I think for us, what's always worked is going to events, joining the local nomad or uh, or expat groups. Um, Peanut, our dog is quite good for that as well. Um, I think just saying yes to everything within the first few weeks that you're there. Get on, get on a site, find out what's going on, say yes. Um, so we are going to our first event tonight um mm-hmm. for um locals and expats. Um we've got other things coming up as well in the next few weeks in terms of dog walks and, and all those other things. So I think you just have to get yourself out there. In terms of Croatia versus Portugal, like we said, there is a higher, well, there seems to be a higher concentration of expats and nomads in Portugal. Mm-hmm. So it seems a bigger pool. Um, But yeah, I think it's, and I think as well being closer to a city is gonna make a big difference for us. Um, so yeah, my, I would imagine it might be slightly easier in Portugal.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. There's a higher concentration, certainly compared to Istria, a much higher concentration of nomads and um, and expats. Um, but I think what Leanne's saying is it's really, really important that you kind of need a strategy. This is like a, you know, you, how do you find friends? Well, it's very unlikely that you're going to bump into people because the odds of bumping into someone who it doesn't even matter if they speak the same language as you, even though the common language seems to be English, which is very lucky for us, but it doesn't really matter because you've got to get on with them. And, you know, we met some people at an event um, a few weeks ago, and the first thing they said to us was um, was something like, oh, I'm Christian, of course. And then um, the one thing I don't like about Albania is all of the call to prayer. And it's like, <clears throat> I think the way that we, we, we try and be inclusive is just feels that that was just a weird thing to say. So, you know, probably one in ten, one in five people you meet are not going to be your friends. So you have to make a strategic effort to go out there and meet as many people a week as you possibly can.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: That we box that one off?
0: I think so. I think we both, we've we've both done well in our, over the last 12 months in Istria. And particularly, you know, since pandemic's kind of started to get a bit easier to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first time, a long time we've been in one place. And yeah, we've made some friends that we're gonna stay in touch with for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I think we're okay on that. I think it's just a case of of keeping keeping up the effort.
1: Okay, so we've now boxed off stage two, which is how are you going to live and work abroad? We talk, we answered the question number one: how will we earn money? We talk about gig, job, or business. Are usually the two, the three ways you do it. How we cope with everyday life is it compatible with the way we live, and how we find friends? Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah, are we ready for stage three? Yes and this is gonna be a bit of a weird one. Uh, This is where do you want to live and work abroad?
0: Yeah, so I think when we were kind of coming to realize that what we really enjoyed about Croatia, or we really enjoyed having a a bit of a base, and that's something that we wanna try again, but we wanna try it again, as we've said, with the possibility of having long-term residency. Um, When we realized that, you know, that was something that Croatia couldn't give us right now, we start to think about, well, where else can we consider? Um, and I think Portugal for us came up for a number of reasons based on the three, the three kind of main points we put into this category. So one in terms of language, like Al said, we're okay with Spanish, so we probably got some kind of basis to learn Portuguese. I'm, I'm sure it'll be easier than Croatian. It's known as one of the hardest languages to learn. So language might be a bit easier. Um, Culture, we've been immersed in the Iberian culture for many years. We know we love it. Um, Portugal will have its differences and its quirks. Um, Excited to find out what they are. Um, But in terms of culture in general, I don't think it's going to be a massive culture shock. And like we said this before, I think going anywhere in Europe isn't going to be a huge culture shock. It's going to be variations and but I don't think there's going to be anything like, ooh, crazy. Um, so, yes, that's in terms of culture, weather, and lifestyle. I mean, the weather in Portugal. Man. We, we we like warm places.
1: Mm-hmm. So, just to give you a bit of context if you're listening. So, in the where, there are three more questions, which is um, how are you going to cope with the language and culture? Or is the language and culture compatible? Is the weather and lifestyle compatible? And is the visa and tax situation acceptable? So, those are the three questions. So, Liam was just talking about the language and culture there. Going on to question number two, the weather and lifestyle. Yes, exactly. I mean, the weather seems very similar to Croatia. Perhaps it's a slightly warmer in the winter in Portugal. Mm -hmm. um, And it's slightly warmer in the summer as well, I think, in Portugal. But then it's also more rainy in Portugal Mm -hmm. than it is because you're on the Atlantic as opposed to the Adriatic. Um, So we looked at that and we've been looking at all the different places we wanted to potentially stay in Portugal. and, um, And generally, there's not a massive difference in the weather.
0: No, there's not.
1: In terms of the lifestyle, I mean, this is very different. It's very similar to the culture, but the culture is more sort of what's established there, and the lifestyle is more like how are you going to live your life there. Um, so, in terms of the lifestyle, I think that we we probably well, we're testing out an apartment now. We might go back to apartment living like we did in Manchester, mm-hmm. um, and that will come under the lifestyles. Like, is that compatible? Um, well, so far, four days into our um, um, into our um, apartment life in Split, and he's like, yeah, it takes some getting used to, but actually, one more bedroom a little bit more space for work and we could probably cope with this, couldn't we? Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I think maybe that's a thing to consider in terms of kind of that living situation as well, that which which is something that I've read about Portugal that may be a downside for us is that it is quite competitive to get places to live because it is so popular because there is a high concentration of expats and nomads there. Price has been pushed up and availability has been pushed down. Um, so it's, it's a challenge. It's going to be more of a challenge, I think, to find somewhere... To live than it is it has been in Croatia.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's question number two. And the final question is where where do you want to live and work abroad in terms of visa and money or visa and tax? Um, these are the I think I don't know whether We thought about this when we were moving to Spain back in 2013. Did we think about a visa and tax situation?
0: No. No. We didn't have to think about a visa situation because we were still EU members then. Um, And tax, we were both still tax residents in the UK and it was covered by the double treaty. um, Kind of let's not go too much into that. Um, <laughs> ultimately having to be fully legal fiscally in Spain is one of the main reasons that we left uh, because it's just too expensive. Um, but in terms of of kind of visa, this is now a big consideration if you are a third country national, if you're an EU citizen then not as much um, tax is a big thing because it varies so much um, I mean comparing kind of Portugal, with Croatia as we said already the visa situation in Croatia not great but massive plus is you pay 0% tax on any money that you earn as a digital nomad outside of Croatia during that that 12 months um, so happy freaking days um, whereas in portugal yes you can get a long-term visa and in terms of tax it's all right it's fairly friendly particularly if you have your own business um it's a bit kinder than the uk mm-hmm. um it's it's a shed load better than spain mm-hmm. um but obviously it's not 0 percent so mm-hmm. something to manage and then the issue with spain and it might be the same in other countries as well and things you need to think about is okay well if it's do they tax on your nomad income do they tax you on your pension do they tax you on any automated income such as rental properties
1: crypto uh,
0: crypto yeah do they tax you on assets that you earn outside of or worldwide spain mm. does mm-hmm. um there's so many things to think about it's not just a case of what's the percentage of income tax there is lots of other things to consider as well
1: yeah, property tax, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> so it is the last question, but it's probably once you've decided, okay, I mean, the way I see this is, is is the final thing where is you start off with language and culture and you narrow it down to a number of countries. Then you go to weather and lifestyle, you narrow it down further. And then your final decision is might be based on your heart, but you should consider the visa and tax situation, uh, particularly the visa situation, because if you go, right, I really want to live in Montenegro, it's like, great but are you going to be able to get a visa to live there for full time lots of people just go and duck under the radar and you know go and rent but that's an issue if you get caught because you know if you like for example in Schengen if the UK someone from the UK went to Schengen and hid out for 12 months and then they tried to leave the Schengen zone there's going to be some some awkward questions at the border because they'll be like why the hell are you been here 12 months when you only have 3 months
0: yeah and that can be anything from a from <clears throat> a fine to i mean i don't know if they do anything
1: they do, they can ban you from coming back. I know they the ban Schengen you. Do they
0: do any prison type stuff? No, 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 no. But yeah, big fines, and they can ban you from going back. So, not a great idea. um
1: And in certain yeah. terms of tax, then you go, all right, so well, let's look at the nomad visa. Greece was on the table for us for a while, but then that's 50% off tax for the first year. And then I think it's full tax. And the full tax is somewhere around about the same as Spain, like sort of 48, 50% top, top rate. Mm-hmm. Whereas to give you an idea with Portugal, um, you can earn up to – now, Don't we're not accountants so, or tax advisors, so don't quote us on this. But we've been told you can earn up to £250,000 each. Um, and you get taxed roughly about 22% on that because of some deductions, some set-asides, the way that you structure it. Um, and, you know, that's reasonable. You know, you'd be, on, you'd be on a lot. You'd be on a lot more tax in the UK for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, whereas Croatia, that was zero
0: yeah 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 and this is why we don't know we don't know and i think it you know if you're in a similar situation whether you're similar to us and you're looking for a new base whether you're nomading looking for a base whether you're in your home country and looking to move abroad i think the conclusion that we have come to that we're going to try now is just testing it Mm -hmm. and i think that's such an important thing if you can to try and just test it um, because to move everything and put it all on on a hope and a dream is is quite big. So for us, yeah, test one: can we tick more of our boxes in Split than we could in Istria? Test two: can Portugal tick even more of our boxes? And then I guess if they're they're fairly equal, we're then going to have to come down to probably back round to the why and think about well what do we want right now do we want to settle down could we keep nomading for a little bit what if we go to croatia make advantage of the zero percent tax situation for three years and then you know see what changes there's there's lots of different things we're gonna have to think about and figure out before we come close to making a decision um yeah so
1: those are the nine questions you've asked um, the plan for us is, we've gone through each one of these, and we we have thought about them. plan for us is just to go and spend maybe three months um, in Portugal, maybe a little bit in Spain as well, uh, but spend that time. And we're also going to spend, we're hopefully going to spend a month in Lisbon, and a month in a place called Evora, or Evora, I'm not sure how to say it yet, but I'll learn how to say that. Uh, which is in the countryside, well it's not the countryside, it's like 50,000 people, but it's a smaller city than Lisbon, which is obviously like half a million people or something. Um, and just try it. And, and in those times, we're going to have to make sacrifices. We're going to have to go and live in apartments that are either very expensive um, or very small or not necessarily in the area we want to live in. But we've just got to experience it, I think.
0: Yes. And if you heard that, that is peanut snoring. I think you're telling <laughs> us we should start to wrap it up. It's starting to sound a bit dull.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Okay. So if you're interested in um, in in doing this for yourself, then go to asidewayslife.com forward slash roadmap. Uh, you will see that there will be basically a really rough image of our roadmap. And then there will be an opt-in form saying, give us your name and your email. And what will happen is that will come to our email and we'll email you back. It'll be a live email. You're going to get an email back from one of us going, hey, look, you know, this is brand new. We don't know what we're doing. Um, here's what we've got so far. Will you just give us your feedback on it? And that's what we're looking for. And then then Mm -hmm. at that point, if you look at it and you go, yeah, this makes sense to me, then we will be looking for some people who are going to do some beta stuff for us and maybe go through a challenge and help us develop something that's going to help people. But at this stage, it is very rough and ready.
0: Like you.
1: (laughs) Talking of which, I better go and... Get a shave and because we're going out.
0: Today. <laughs> yes, we are. for our first event in split. How exciting! We'll tell you all about it next week. We will be back next week. We are. We're going to keep up, aren't no, we? Are. We're going to we do are. weekly thing now because mm-hmm. this is the start of our. And if you follow us on Instagram, you would have seen when we left on our house history on Sunday. This is the start of the Portugal versus Croatia 2022 20, challenge. The battle. The battle commences, and hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be able to give you an answer and plot twist there is a small part of me that thinks I'll end up being neither
1: you've not said that to me <laughs> right okay we'll leave it there um as ever if you've got any questions comments um feedback or just want to tell us that we're awful people then go to a sideways life on um on instagram or uh just go to a site well, or no, go to just email us on a life at gmail.com would love to hear from you we would bye for now
0: bye